What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. That's Deep Bro. I'm your host, Christina P. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for downloading this episode. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're in your car. Maybe you're getting weird with a glass of wine or a doobie. I hope. I hope. Anyways, bros, let's get deep on this shit. First, though, I want to plug. I'm doing... Um, a tour. I'm going back to stand-up comedy as a touring comedian, but I'm only doing one night in select cities. And I'm going to start my tour September 27th at uh, the Tacoma Comedy Club, just outside of Seattle in Washington. <laughs> and then September 28th, I go to Portland, uh, Oregon. I do Helium Comedy Club, which I'm really excited about. I hear that that's a wonderful club my husband loves it so much and uh i'm so i'm too blessed to be stressed okay next october 4th dallas uh texas at hyenas comedy club october 5th houston at the secret group october 23rd indianapolis indiana morty's comedy club and october 24th cincinnati ohio at go bananas comedy club i think like i'll just i love um i love all these cities that's why i've chosen these cities hello but the Cincinnati Go Bananas, you know that I hold a special place in my fart for December 9th and 10th, Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Improv. That's so far in the future, but why not pu- uh, plug it? You know, why not? Why not? Anyway, I'm super stoked to be doing these cities. I love doing stand-up in other places besides L.A. I'm usually at the Comedy Store. If you're visiting Los Angeles, I know a lot of you come out. Check out the Comedy Store, dude. If you, It's like it's like undergoing a major renaissance um, it's such an exciting time. I usually do the Saturday early show in the original room. Um, they're all good. All the shows are good there. So go check it out. Also, Amazon. If you're shopping on Amazon, please use my banner. Uh, that's com. Click on the banner at the bottom of every blog post. Do your shopping as you normally would. It just contributes a little sun to the show to keep things moving microphones are expensive we just bought a new fucking soundboard because the last episode of your mom's house got fried (sighs) and there we go okay let's get into it i um i'm gonna call somebody here an actual real live mom (laughs) and we're gonna talk about motherhood and um you know because uh yeah, there's some shit to bitches. Bitches be still lying, right? Remember that episode? Bitches be lying when I like first gave birth to Ellis and I was freaked the fuck out. Um, well, it's eight months later and let's see. Well, let's see how I'm doing. Okay, let's get into it, guys. Long 
That's the body snatchers. Old school ska music. Oh, I love it. I love it. I I know ska is kind of lame, but people think it's lame. I think it's fucking rad. I just love it. It's so corny. Oh, okay. Press pause. I got kids crying in the background. I got dogs barking. Everything's going on. So it's been eight months since I've had my son Ellis, and I did an episode when I first had him called Bitches Be Lying about motherhood because... Um, when he was born, I I really found the reality of having a child to be very, very different than how it's been sold to me uh, via movies, television, what people have told me in passing. And I, I was very disillusioned. I was very depressed. I think I was very uh, hormonal. Yeah. But also like, um, you know, I, I come from a wacky background. As you guys know, my mother was mentally ill. And they, my parents divorced and they're Eastern blockers from, they're from Hungary and they lived through war and trauma. And I, I just grew up in a, a weird vacuum of just whatever. I was an only child too. So, you know what I mean? I didn't come into motherhood with a great example of what it's, what it should be and what it is. And, um, I'm learning what I'm finding is I'm learning and that's not to, I don't tell you that crap so that you feel bad for me or that it, this show is about a uh, victim. It is not. The point being that that's, that was just my deck of cards coming into motherhood. And um, as you guys know, I really, really, really believe in, uh, in a kind of an existential worldview, which is you can choose better. You can create who you are. You can create your reality. You can you can be better than the cards you were dealt. There's nothing that says because I was raised a certain way that I must continue the cycle with my kid um, and with my marriage and with my life choices. I believe in change and I I believe I change. So anyways, I hope the show helps people. Um, You know, I've, I've, like I said, I've had eight months now to kind of grow into being a mom and it gets easier. It gets better. It's a significant, significant life change. And I, and I don't think there's much out there that uh, kind of relates these feelings about motherhood. Because why wouldn't you have crazy feelings about creating a human in your body, first of all? Your body's been used one way your entire life, and then one day its functioning is completely different. And a human comes out of your vagina and blasts it apart. And then your boobs, which were once used for pleasure and for aesthetics just become two hanging bags of deflated whatevers and they're used as food source as a food source for a tiny human and all of a sudden there's a you know this new person in your marriage essentially you it was you and your husband and now it's you and your husband and um a tiny dependent adorable little creature who I didn't know how to care for a baby. I, 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 it's a learned skill like anything else, motherhood. I don't know why people assume that because I am a woman, I fucking knew what to do. I didn't know what to do. Uh, maybe for some women it is intuitive for me, not at all. I had to learn and I still, I still learn stuff. I don't know everything. Um, uh, but but imagine, you know, there's so many emotions that go uh, into 
being a new parent. There's there's anxiety, which I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of resentment towards your partner, which you will inevitably, I think, have if you have a soul. Uh, but again, nobody talks about this shit. So we're going to talk about it. And I have found a real life other mom. God knows I uh, I do what my shrink says. I isolate. I'm not very good at uh, going out into the world and uh, like fucking doing things and meeting people. And I go to like a mommy and me group, you know, and, and I really liked it. But um, anyways, this girl wrote in and we, I read her email, I believe on the last episode and I thought, why not have this person on and discuss motherhood more in depth. Um, I think this, this person sounds like somebody who's down to get to the get down. So let's give her a call. I'm going to hit pause and we're going to do it. We're going to do it live, folks. Here we go. Okay, so with me is an actual real-life other mom, uh, Beth from Pittsburgh. Say hi, Beth. Hello, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> So you wrote me um, an email a little while back, and I believe I addressed it on the last episode about having, you have two babies, right? Uh, One of them is seven. I do. I have, yeah, seven months and three years. Holy shit. So you're really, you're really in it right now. You're in the the trenches of, of momhood. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's controlled chaos or sometimes uncontrolled. <laughs> yeah, and and you wrote to me because you said that you felt um a loss of identity and I think that that is such a um an honest and and real thing that women go through and I I don't know, I kind of wanted to explore that. But but first, what do you do for a living? Um so my job title is cytotechnologist. Um, and it's just the, the study of cells Mm -hmm. and most of what I do all day is looking at pap smears. So (laughs) (laughs) sit at a microscope and look at HPV all day long. (laughs) And like, so does just everybody have it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) If, if you've slept with more than two or three people in your lifetime, you should just assume that you have it and you're going to be fine. So don't worry about it. <laughs> oh God. Cause there's a vaccine now, right? <laughs> there is, but, um, honestly we don't see a lot of people getting it yet, but, um, those girls aren't really getting paps yet. So, um, you know, they might put me out of a job in 10 years, <laughs> but right now we're fine. That's so <laughs> There's crazy. enough people having sex Ugh. with HPV that I'm going to be fine for a little oh, bit. That's <laughs> oh, so gross. Okay. So you work, you're a working mom. <laughs> and um, so how many hours a I week do, do work. you work? What, what's your situation like? Um, so my situation has recently changed. I... Um, Before I had my second little boy in January, I was actually a manager and I worked um, probably 45 hours a week, um, nine to five job. I had to stay late if I was needed, the usual kind of job, like administrative job. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I went out on maternity leave, I transferred to a lower position and I gave up some you know, perks 
sitting some money. And I um, now I work a flexible schedule, 40 hours a week, but I can work whenever I want. So I usually work 5.30 to 2 or 6 to 2.30, something like that. Oh, wow. And then you come home and you're with two little ones. And that's... Well, the secret is is that I, I come home and then I have about an hour, hour and a half to myself before I go pick them up at daycare. Oh, so, yes. so that's, uh, that's kind of like the prime time afternoon, <laughs> relaxing, <laughs> Where you get your, time. <laughs> your sanity back. So, yeah, you think so. You I think, try. You try. And that's the whole thing is you, you try. So your husband, what's his story? Is he, what is his schedule like? And is he involved with the kids as much as you are? Yeah, so we have, we have a really great setup. That's, that's part of the reason why I feel like I shouldn't be struggling is because like we have a great kind of partnership we're definitely equals in like parenting, household chores, that sort of stuff. He works uh, 40 hours a week. He works in, um, he's a, a web developer, but his job is also flexible. So he works less than eight hours a day. Usually he drops them off at daycare around 830 and then I pick them up at four. So, and he's home at five. So oh, it, it's, um, he's also in a very nice kind of, flexible understanding position where he is and at home um we really we really have a great setup with the job um chores around the house and all this kind of stuff parenting we kind of are in a good groove which is good because if we if we weren't it would (laughs) all hell would break loose so yeah um well, that seems to be... So I there mean, shouldn't be any problems, right? Uh, that's the rub now. See, that's the rub is that, you know, you think because like, oh, on paper, everything is figured out, like that you that we shouldn't feel certain ways. And that's, I think, my struggle with motherhood is, is those shoulds, is those... Um, you know, there's a lot of expectations on us that A, you should automatically know how to be a mom and B, um, it should really be fulfilling and amazing all the time and you shouldn't have any bad feelings towards motherhood or towards your child ever 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 because it means you don't really love them and if you don't really love them you're a really bad person and you're not doing this right and you know and and the truth of it is like any relationship I think you know being a parent is complicated it's not and I know I guess it shouldn't be according to society uh but it's fucking complicated and and um I don't know how to navigate it uh like, okay, let's start with the loss of identity thing that you were talking about. Um, I totally get it. Like, I was a comedian before I became a mom, a full-time comedian. That was who I was. And I was a wife. And then all of a sudden, now I'm a mom. And I felt weird. I remember when I was pregnant, I was like, God, should I be listening to Howard Stern now? Because I'm going to be this mom. Like, well, my kid, (laughs) do I have to be a better person? Like, do I have to be perfect? And, um, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Like, so what yeah. are you struggling with? You, you tell me. Yeah. Well, kind of the same thing. We all have our, um, whenever we think in our head is, you know, who is best? Well, I'm, uh, you know, a wife and, uh, um, you know, I work, my job is part of my identity. Um, what I like to do for fun is, you know, eat at good restaurants, drink good beer, uh, 
hang out with my husband, you know, all this stuff that makes me me. I, I like to do yoga. I like to exercise. And then um, whenever you have a baby, I think, I think it's important to, to realize that like the first, I don't know, three to six months, maybe more, you really aren't those other things at all. And you, you really, I, in my experience, you do lose your identity completely for yeah. a little bit because it's just kind of like a blur. Like I don't even remember some parts <laughs> of those months no. you know, early no. on. And, um, and then after, you know, you start trying to pick up the pieces, at least I, I think that women should, I, I think some women don't <laughs> try to find their identity after you know, things have kind of calmed down and your baby can, you know, kind of sit up by himself and you can leave him alone for two seconds. So um, whenever I started doing that, I I was having a really hard time kind of grasping what I was because I felt like during the course of the day, I was kind of all those things, but I was just touching on all those things and not getting not really in my mind actually accomplishing anything. I, I just kind of felt like a cog in a wheel and just like keeping this machine going. And then I'm going to wake up in 20 years and think like, well, okay, that's over. What did I do? You know, I, <laughs> I you, feel you mean, like I, I'm not, I, I haven't grown, grown at all. You mean um, 20, like after raising the kid, until they're 18 or do you mean those first few months with a, with a child where you say, I feel like, like after, after they're grown, like whenever everyone always says, and it's one of, one of my pet peeves is that they say, uh, Oh, make sure to really, uh, you know, cherish these years because you don't get them back. Right. And they always say that in relation to your kids, like they're only going to be small ones, but I'm only going to be, you know, 34 ones. I'm only going to be this time of my life once. So I don't want my whole life just being kind of, I guess I felt like I'm being erased into motherhood. Like I'm just like being sucked in and I'm no longer a person. Thank God. (laughs) I'm a mom. Right. Even, (laughs) you know, even a mom, I can't be totally a mom and that be my thing because I do all these other things. I work and I do all these other things. So that that's the loss of identity that yes. that I was feeling, girl, and, and am still loving. <laughs> and, and thank God for saying it, because just because you feel this way, by the way, because I know I can hear a lot of women's assholes puckering right now listening to this. I can hear some women thinking, "Well, fuck you. That's your job is to be a mom and meet the needs of this kid twenty four seven. You sh- you signed up for it. You should do. And yeah, and guess what? Even though you feel this way you still do meet the needs of this kid (laughs) and you still, I'm I'm assuming, I don't know. You don't sound like a monster. Um, but the fact that you can feel, (laughs) you know, you can feel one way and then still do these, the, the job of being a mom doesn't make you a bad person. And I think that's kind of what I'm seeking 
to get from the culture is like, dude, listen, you can feel ambivalence towards motherhood and still be a good mom and still love your kids and still, you know, you can feel resentment towards your husband from time to time, but still love him and have a marriage. Like these are all relationships, the mother child thing. And dude, and I hear you, the identity stuff, uh, it's very easy to let this, to let motherhood just take over everything. And you're right in the beginning, that's like all it is. You're just keeping this thing alive this person alive uh-huh. and then the, and then the dust settles and then it's who the fuck am I? And it's two, I can't even imagine two kids. Cause like one, my, <laughs> my life is finally starting to take some sort of a new shape. Cause I think that's what it does, right? Like you have, this, yeah. you have a past. Okay. Look, there's, there's a life before kids and then life after, and they're not the same. And now you're just reconciling like, who's this new person that I am? Cause I'm not the same. You're just not, you're forever changed. Um, I don't right. know. And, and the fact is like, you don't have the time that you used to have to enjoy the things that you did enjoy. Right. And I, I look back and, uh, like, like years before I had kids, you know, those stupid Facebook memories come up and I, I say the, the stupidest things I just want to kill my younger self because yeah. I say like, Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I, I wish I had time to, to go to yoga tonight, but I mean, who knows what I was doing? I was just sitting on my ass watching TV right. for like so much wasted time. But, um, but really your every minute is accounted for whenever you're a working mom or I mean, just the mom, you're, Every minute you're thinking, what should I be doing now? Okay. Course, yeah. <laughs> and and you, you said um, that it's important to schedule stuff whenever you're answering yeah. my email. And I think yeah. that's really important. Um, I, I'm going to start trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like I have a calendar in our kitchen and it's down to like everything, like meditation schedule. The exercise, it's scheduled. The schedule. And I'm not saying that's perfect because... You know, the kid could be up all night and now guess what? You don't feel like doing mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And I don't know. It helps a little bit to create space for the things that I need to do. I mean, your husband sounds cool. Like, does he watch the kid if you wanted to go do yoga for an hour? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, and that's actually, yeah, I was like brainstorming and trying to think of like ways I can like reclaim some of my time back. And that that's a big one is like, um, allowing my husband to, um, take care of the kids without kind of hovering. I I think I do a pretty good job of that, but like let him kind of, you know, be empowered in that area to like, he, he can do he can do it. So let, let him do it and step away. Fuck yeah. And, <laughs> and look, I find that's much easier with the second one. <laughs> oh, cause yeah, I, that's what I've heard. The second one like sleeps on the, you know, on the stairs, who cares? But, uh, but your uh, yeah. <laughs> what you said is a hundred percent accurate is that, Hey, guess what? Uh, parenting is a learned skill. I didn't know how to change a diaper before I had Ellis. Ne- neither did my husband. Actually, he taught me how to do it. And so like, wait, why aren't we allowing, why aren't we allowing the men to step up, to step up and do, um, their parenting as well? Like, I I don't know why, you know, there's that old stereotype of like when a man watches the kid, it's like, he's babysitting. Like, no dude, that's your kid. Yeah. (laughs) Babysitting you asshole. Yeah. Like, 
So there's still some of that. And I, God yeah. forbid, being a single parent, I couldn't even imagine how horrible that is. Um, no. But also, too, like, if we don't reclaim some of of what makes you happy, and that's really the thing, then you end up just mothering through through gritted teeth. And that's not good for a kid either, mm-hmm. right? I mean, who the fuck wants a miserable mom no. who gives everything up? Because uh, no. I know people who had those moms, and those people aren't any happier, believe me. Right. It, my husband, we were talking about this last night, and he said, well, is it is it necessarily wrong to have mom be your identity? And I was thinking about it, and I think it is wrong. I think I think it is um if that's all you see yourself as, I think your kid is go, you're going to project that onto your kid and he's going to grow up thinking that he's responsible for your happiness. Mm. And, uh, because there, there's no hiding, <laughs> there's no hiding stuff like that. If, if you think that that's all that you are mm. and you gain your happiness and you live and die by that, that identity, then I think your kid's going to be a little bit fucked up, but (laughs) you know, yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, but imagine that you're right. Imagine being um, responsible for mom's happiness and mom's fulfillment and mom's sense of well-being. And uh, I think you're, I think there is something to that. That's a, it's a huge responsibility for a little kid. I don't think that that's Mm -hmm. fair. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, like I said, I, no. <laughs> I know friends who grew up with moms that like did, gave everything all the time, that total masochistic mom thing. And uh, they're not happier. They feel a, a tremendous sense of guilt uh, towards their, their mother. Mm. And, you know, there's that like Latin mom, um, me, you know, mythology yeah. of the Latin mom that's like, like forever giving and uh, being a mother is the most amazing thing on the planet. Yeah, and sacrificing. Can, yes, sacrificing. Well, imagine that just creates guilt and resentment, I think, especially in sons. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Talk about talk about oh, responsibility. Yeah. yeah, add that. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I mean, look, dude, I don't know the answers to this shit. I just know that, like, I know that it's okay to feel this stuff. And I feel like... um you're not even allowed to feel fucked up towards motherhood. <laughs> That's kind of my... <laughs> no, no. I and, and there's a lot of parts that I don't think anyone ever talks about. Like, a lot of times I struggle with, because um, my job has always been kind of exciting, in my mind, probably very boring to others, but um, how incredibly boring motherhood can be sometimes. <laughs> and I, I, I don't... I say that to some of my mom friends and I don't know if they, you know, some of them get it, some of them don't, but it can be boring staying yeah. home with, with a kid or like, you know, you can only play like peekaboo so many times <laughs> and the first like five times it's magical seeing your kid react. <laughs> After that, you're, you're looking for something else to, to, you know, keep it interesting. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, it's uh, that and just a, a lot of challenges, like just even playing peekaboo, like how do you even know what to do with a kid? Oh I God. didn't know. I didn't know either. I was, I think I actually Google searched one time <laughs> how to play with a one-year-old or something like that <laughs> because I don't know what they like. You're getting to know this person, you yeah. know, so... 
That's so true. I, I asked my shrink. I'm like, what do people do with their babies all day? Like, I, I, I literally did not know what to do with Ellis. I mean, what, what do you what do you do with a three month old? You know, they're not telling you, hey, I want to go outside or hey, I want to, you know, go to the mall. Yeah. They don't tell you that stuff until much later. So that's true. And if you're someone who's who's in a highly mentally stimulating job like you are. To go from that to, you know, stay-at-home mom or some version of it, it's uh, it's really different. It's really different. And it's really idealized, I think, the yeah. stay-at-home mom thing. I mean, that is so fucking hard to be a stay-at-home mom 24-7. Just you, like, without support. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, man. I would lose my yeah. mind. Oh, my <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, um, I I was talking to my friend last night in preparation for this. She's a stay-at-home mom of three girls, and she homeschools. So she is, like, taking it to the extreme. She got her life. um, (laughs) Shit. And and she's actually normal. I know it's hard to (laughs) believe, but she is completely normal, and we have, like, normal conversations. (laughs) But, um... She she was telling me a little bit about what she does to try to keep her identity because yes. really she said it it really her that is her identity. She sometimes she doesn't leave the house because that's all she does all day. It's just mom. Yeah. So um, just like little things like like reading stuff that doesn't pertain to parenting. Ooh, that's or, good. Yeah. Um, like having like her and her husband don't refer to themselves as mom and dad because <laughs> to, to try to just the language like how creepy is that to call like your husband dad you or, know or like, how creepy, creepy or creepy to call your husband mommy <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah or you wouldn't know anything about that <laughs> right or maybe both of you call each other mommy and dog mommy and the baby mommy yeah uh, but yes i know what you're saying <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah so how does she like i mean damn three kids and homeschooling that's got to be a full that's i mean ugh. so so she reads stuff that's helpful well, she, and she reads stuff but she's also um there's like this new encouraging trend in parenting that's kind of like free range parenting kind of stepping away a little bit and she's into that um she said it took her a long time to to do it but now she has her kind of morning ritual and if one of her kids comes up um and she has uh i think like a seven-year-old a four-year-old and a and a a nine-month-old um if one of her kids comes up to her in the morning and they ask her a question or they want something she tells them you know right now this is my time i'm going to help you in a little bit and right. and she doesn't like she doesn't field questions for a certain amount of time. Right. She has right. her own time. She has to carve out, and just little stuff like that, or little stuff like she makes herself go outside. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sounds awful, but th- that's the reality of how the little ways in which she keeps herself sane. <laughs> I love that idea, and isn't that funny? How as women, and I think too, it is a woman thing that we feel like we have to be perfect at being moms. Like there's so much pressure for us to be perfect and to make perfect children. Cause a lot of us came from a generation, you know, like Gen Xers were considered the least parented generation. So a lot of us are trying to, I think at least I am definitely trying to compensate for the shitty childhood that I had. And, and a lot of that, 
you know, goes to overparenting. Like, I got to fucking be there every minute. And um, women have a hard time right. saying, you know what, bros? You guys are going to watch fucking TV for an hour and mom's going to go upstairs and do whatever she <laughs> needs to do. And that hour of television is not going to make you, uh, you know, learningly challenged. It's not going to make you antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to rot your brain. Like, when I think about how little my folks did for me, like, dude, as long as I do fucking 25% more than they did, <laughs> like, I'm already improved. <laughs> like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, a little bit, it's okay. It's not, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And like, yeah. why don't dads, yeah. and, dads um, don't, dads don't suffer any of this stuff. Like what, what do they know that we don't know? <laughs> well, he, I was, uh, my husband says it's because of, you know, societal pressures and all this stuff, which I never bought into because I, I don't feel like I have high expectations for myself and uh, that I, I beat myself up, but him looking in from the outside, I I think that maybe I do and I just don't realize it that I'm being like inundated by all this, you know, I I read all these parroting books and I got all this information because I truly wanted to, but I probably did it because it was society telling me I had to well, that, you know, be this perfect mom. Well, that maybe and because you're you're a scientist, you're a professional it, it sounds to me a type A personality and to be successful as as you are in your business you have to be a perfectionist in some way like you have to um be really attentive and make sure you're doing shit right so maybe that's i think i I know Mm -hmm. i'm the same way with my career like we may transfer some of that career neuroticism over to motherhood and into parenting i don't know yeah yeah definitely Definitely. I, I see that, you know, um, making notes and keeping like charts and lists and all this stuff that I would use at work just kind of bleeds into my, my home life now that, um, especially whenever they're little, little babies, you know, keeping exact diary of, Oh, he had a, a loose poop at three <laughs> right. and then I gave him a bottle at three thirty. and you know, oh how many ounces did he eat today? Is he eating enough? And all this, like I'm tracking everything and parents don't do <laughs> like in other areas of the world. They don't right. do that. They no. feed the kid if he's hungry and they change oh, yeah. the diaper. Oh, it's yeah. shitty. It's not. <laughs> no, I think my dad threw some uh, canned hot dogs at me every now and then on a paper plate. And, and that was it. Like, and a, a can of a can of Fresca and some hot dogs. That was my diet growing up. <laughs> and they weren't they weren't even cut up into right. little bite sized right. pieces. I bet. Right, right, and that nonsense <laughs> of uh, oh my god, I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? There's so much <laughs> fucking shit you have to know now to be a parent. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Uh, oh, so yeah. so why don't yeah. <laughs> why don't dads you think it's societal um that men are not expected to be as um neurotic or is it because they came from our bodies or I don't know what what do you think? Uh, Yeah god I don't know um hmm. I think I think it is that my husband was saying that um he, he kind of 
I think men, and this might not be for, for all men, but they take longer to kind of get the, get to know the kid. And, um, there's not this pressure right off the bat for them to be, um, all in. I mean, he was all, all in, obviously he wasn't going anywhere, but not like all in, like, okay, I made this person, my body, I have to, it's going to be love at first sight. I'm going to be completely enthralled. And, and, you know, from that point on, it's, he's going to be the topic of every conversation that I have. Um, I don't think my husband felt that way. My husband kind of saw a baby whenever I had him. It was a special baby because it was, it was ours. But, and then he got to know him. And I think he really started, you know, sounds bad. He started to really like him at like three months. You right. know? And he started to really, you know, play with him, interact with him um, without the, the feeling for the previous three months of, you know, why don't I, you know, why, why aren't I totally in love with this kid at first sight? Why don't I have these feelings, you know, throughout my body that, you know, chemicals, chemical reactions making me, you know, want to be around this kid all the time. I don't, I don't know if guys ever really feel that, (laughs) That, that, that that should happen. So it's, it's I, I really don't know. It's definitely I'm biological. Sure some, I, I'm sure men, yeah, yeah. I'm sure some men do feel some some pressures, like, you know, some loss of identity, but not not anything like women do, I don't think. I don't think so. I think, I, and only, and I know that they have pressures too, like, especially if one of you is a stay-at-home parent, a uh, stay-at-home mom, then the guy's got to make mm-hmm. the money now even more, even though he probably has in the past. Like now mm-hmm. there's real financial pressure and he doesn't get to stay home with the family, at least my husband, because he travels for work. So I, I know that he would rather be home mm-hmm. and I would rather have him be here, obviously. But I do think there's something to mm-hmm. growing that person inside of you and then pushing them out of you. And, and then they live off of you for, for months. Like that baby depends on you. Mm-hmm. To stay, you not him mm-hmm. you <laughs> and people don't really um mm-hmm. i don't think women get that until they have a baby and and there's only so much a guy can do in the beginning like he can support you he can change diapers but the truth of it is it's your ass that's waking up <laughs> to breastfeed if you're breastfeeding right you know it's that baby's on yeah. you dude not on him so i think dads kind of come into the mix later um when that kid is a little more uh, right. awake and up and running yeah so how do you? How right, do you I think that yeah, maybe sorry. the loss. Of, no, no, go oh, ahead. Sorry, I think maybe the loss of identity also comes with the loss of personal, um, like your body, because it, you oh, lose yeah. part of your body as soon as you're pregnant, and oh, this, this baby is taking up space in your body for nine months, and then. whenever it's born, it's kind of, you know, they call it the fourth trimester. It's still part of you. It still thinks it's part of you. Oh yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's like, I've heard, I didn't um, breastfeed for an entire year, but I, one of my close friends who did say that she didn't want to have another kid right away because she just wanted to 
this people to stop touching her body for, <laughs> right. for just, a, right. you know, she wanted a couple months of having her body back to ha- seeing her body. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's something that someone who hasn't been there can never understand. <laughs> Girl, that is absolutely right. And you get, it's so funny how when you're pregnant, you just get used to like multiple hands in your vagina, like strangers, like, Oh, let me check you. (laughs) Like you get your oil checked like 500 times and it's just different people and different. I mean, I, I gave birth to Ellis in the middle of labor. The nurses changed for their whatever. Um, you know what I'm saying? They had to change their, (laughs) their shift. I had a shift change just as I was pushing Uh him out of my vag. And I was like, Oh, like five new people just came (laughs) in the room. Um, yeah, your body is not your own anymore. And it doesn't look the same or feel the same after. At least for me, I'm not really back to feeling like I did. I don't, oh, no. Do you no. ever? Because <laughs> my boobs I are I don't fresh. know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the, the whole body just changes. And even, like, um, I don't know, like, clothes fit different. Even if you're not, um, after I had lost, the weight from the the first one, it the clothes still didn't fit right because I think your whole bone structure changes. Because oh my god, who knows? It's a mystery, <laughs> dude. My feet grew an entire size, an entire size. They haven't gone back down. <laughs> I had to get a new wedding band because I I think mine grew out out. Oh my god! And then like this might be too personal, Beth, but then you know, you get back into a sex life with your husband. You're probably not even there yet. You just had a baby again. How is it after the second baby? Oh my God. Oh my God. Do you even have, can you even have sex? No, well, I, it, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I don't really know what it's like to have, um, well, I don't know what it's like at all to have vaginal delivery. I had a C-section both times. Lucky. And, um, you would think, <laughs> You would think that that wouldn't like affect anything in your vagina area, but it does. It sex hurts yeah. after having a C-section, and yeah. I can't explain it. I don't know. Well, they, they <laughs> it say it's hormonal. Like, you know, you're making up excuses. No, no, yeah, they, it's hormonal. Um, yeah, because so, your estrogen's low or whatever, so your vag dries up. It's true. Yeah, and it's it's really the first time um, I I had labored for um, a long time and then had a C-section. So I had kind of both things going on because he was kind of coming down a little bit, but then they just took him out C-section. The second time was a scheduled C-section, and still it took, you know, I mean, you're cleared after, what, five or six weeks after giving birth to do whatever you want. But I really wasn't ready for, you know, two or three months after that. No way. Really feeling back to normal. But, um, I mean, for everyone, it seems to be different. And, um, you know, that's that's where, you know, scheduling... I mean, you, you said on whenever you answered my email, like it is so important to keep on having sex, and yeah, it is. And I I uh, I listen to Dan Savage love a lot, him. and um, he said he's I I just love him. Yeah. But he says you know it's important in times like this, whenever you have little kids, to to just have an agreement with your partner that 
listen, the sex might not be good right now. (laughs) It's not going to be good, but we're going to keep on having it every so often just to kind of recharge our batteries to keep that connection. Because if you don't, then I mean, shit's not going to work out. It's not (laughs) going to, it's It's going to be bad. So you you have to, you have to, Um, you have to. And can I tell you, I read this book when I was pregnant called the bringing up baby, that French book about parenting. And, uh, and a man, I was okay, dude. I was when I read that shit. I was like, I related because like that's European style, and I grew up really, you know, European. And the whole point was like, you put that baby down at seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night, and then you have a glass of wine and you essentially fuck your husband. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's <laughs> that's the fantasy, right? Like, <laughs> You put that baby down and then yeah. you have your wine and then you fuck. And like we we can do that every now and then and the fantasy happens, you know, but it's hard, it's hard to get there. Uh-huh. But that's, that's the goal, dude. That's the goal. <laughs> you got to sleep. Yeah. Train and those it's fuckers. all about just priorities, you know, it, it, and you really do have to make it a priority, even if you have a million other things in your mind that yes. you think are more important. Ultimately, that glass of wine and that sex is most important. (laughs) I think so too, man. And like, I know, um, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but I, I'm, uh, I believe in sleep training and we sleep trained Ellis mostly to get our bed back. Like you don't, um, I never wanted him in the bed with us first, mostly because Tom is a beast, a a gigantic person who can (laughs) roll over and, and, and squash Ellis as would I. So I was always nervous about it, but you know, for us, um, getting that kid sleep trained, but at four months saved my life. Like that, that was it, dude. Um, mm. to, that created a lot of scheduling to put that baby on a schedule. And then you kind of know what to expect, um, every day that really helped me anyways, reclaim identity. Um, cause then you have your time, you know, yeah. you have your pockets and you're not going to listen. Are you ever going to get to three times a week with yoga an hour each? No, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, but, but you can build in yeah. twice a week. I don't know. Maybe in your house, do you have a secret room you can go to and uh, where you can get weird? Yeah, yeah, and and actually, like the online yoga game is actually pretty solid. So you oh, can yeah. you can subscribe to yoga online, all that stuff. And um, I was thinking about it, and I think that um, part of my problem is that. Um, like my definition of my identity is like, like what, how many times a week do I have to do yoga for, for me to be happy? Like for that identity to be fulfilled, you know? And I think maybe that's where expectations get in the way. Um, so like, like don't brand yourself by what, you don't do by your failures, but instead like look at what you do. Like I still do yoga. I can still have that as part of my identity, even if it's just here and there and whenever I can. Um, and, and like that it, it's like a self identity is more fluid and you know, one day I might not do these things. And then the next day I can, I can, I can still identify as, um, being a person that, that, you know, does these things and, and to still have that as part of my life. Absolutely. Cause I, you know, I think one of the great blessings of, 
of being a parent is that you're not the center of the universe anymore. And I think that's that's the shift that, hey, man, it's not about me anymore. It, it was for 38 years, and I'm fucking sick of myself. I am sick and tired. I am so <laughs> I am so lazy. Like you said, I look back to my life before a kid. Like, what the fuck? What was I doing? What was I doing when I thought I was tired? Right. But uh, the blessing of being a mom is is you're not number one anymore. But then the shift comes, well, if I'm not number one, where am I in this hierarchy of self? Mm-hmm. Like, where the fuck does that go? And, you know, it's just, it's a different identity paradigm, I'm, I guess, is the answer. Like, now you're, you're, yeah, you're a mom and a yogi who can squeeze in, what, hopefully twice a week, some kind of a practice that you stay mm-hmm. sane. Yeah, because I don't identify anymore. Like, I'm a comic first. Like, nah, not really. Not really. For now, I'm a mom first, mm-hmm. and then all this other shit um, that I try to do <laughs> uh, fits in there somewhere. Yeah, you can't, you can't be who you were. That's yeah, and I think yeah. even yeah, even like ranking stuff, like well, who am I first, and all this. You know, some days yeah. maybe you'll yes. feel more like a comedian, and some yes. days maybe you'll feel more like a mom. Yes, and that's okay. I. And I think that's something that I, I struggle with is kind of getting caught up in in uh, expectations of I have to do this this many times to, you know, this right. is going to be the secret to my happiness sort of thing. And it's, it, you know, I've never been able to do that, so I'm not going to start now. Right, so. right. Yeah, I guess it's like a shift in how you do stuff. Um, it's just how you do things is different now. Like, obviously I can't do the road as much as I did and I, I really don't miss it. But like when I do the comedy store, I do the early show so I can get in bed by, mm-hmm. by 9.30 or 10 because yeah. I'm up at the crack of dawn with the baby now. So you, you, I do comedy. I just do it when the sun's still out. And hopefully that works. Right. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else you, did you have? Um, I know you said you had some thoughts written down. Is there anything we haven't gotten to that? Oh, well, one thing that I, whenever I was talking about this with other people that really stood out as I think one of the most important things that I think I can do to keep my identity is to keep, um, keep my single and childless friends and yeah. hang out with them without my children. Mm. And I am, um, or even with my children, if I have to, like, don't let that be, um, you know, a block to, to them. Cause they're kind of like a lifeline to my life before and they're still <laughs> living that life. <laughs> right. So I can, I can, whenever I'm with them, I can kind of, I can kind of stay in touch with that part of, of me. And I'm lucky to have some really great, you know, single or, you know, friends who don't have children, um, who love my children, but also <laughs> love not being around them. <laughs> of course. So. I, I love that idea. I think that's, that's so good. Yeah. And also, you know, for those women or dads or whoever listening, and they're shaking their heads at us going, these selfish bitches, these fucking whining, <laughs> selfish cunts. Well, listen, here's the danger. If you don't maintain um, a sense of self, if you, as a woman, as a father, as a whatever, this goes for any role. You know, if you're only a scientist, if you're uh-huh. only the comedian, if you're only a dad, a mom, a girlfriend, well, that's not really healthy ever. And imagine, like you said this at the beginning yeah. of the show, yeah. Beth, imagine if you're only a mother, only 24 I'm just a mom, mom, mom. And guess what? Those babies leave. 
In 18 years, they're going to be gone. And now what? Now what? Mm -hmm. But if you've maintained some semblance of an identity, then it's like, okay, I can just resume. I can go back to doing the shit that I was doing before. Maybe I don't fucking know. Plus it's good for your relationship with Mm -hmm. your husband. You have something to talk about for fuck's sake. Right. When you get home from work, not just the same old. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's nothing worse than going out with your husband on a date night and then just talking about the kids the whole time, which I find me and my husband doing sometimes, but you know, I just got to stop myself and be like, (laughs) we are supposed to be relaxing and not, you know, talking about what, you know, what happened (laughs) with our son at daycare or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's healthy for your relationships. It's healthy for yourself and it's ultimately it's, it's healthier for your kids. Yes. Um, I agree. Because I'm telling you, man, the Europeans... At least I hope so. <laughs> I think... No, it definitely is. Because I think this is a very American thing. Uh, that women sacrifice everything and we have to be perfect at this shit. And this is all you are. And your Facebook profile picture is no longer you. It's just a baby. And I'm telling you, it's it's not the same. Uh, I think this is a very American thing, honestly. And it doesn't have to be. You don't have to sacrifice everything, everything all the time. Uh, to be a good parent. I just, I can't, I don't believe that. I don't think so. I don't think any relationship flourishes that way. <laughs> oh boy. Going to get a lot of right. hate mail for yeah, that Yeah, I agree. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, so we're, we're at the end of the hour. I, I just wanted to thank you, Beth, so much for emailing the show and for sharing. Um, and yeah, good for you for working. So, okay, so let's tell me this. From one kid to two. How how horrible is it? Walk me through it. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's uh it's pretty it's the first six months are pretty rough. Yeah. I I'm not gonna and people didn't lie to me whenever I was pregnant with the second one, they told me how it was gonna be. It's rough. It's yeah. it's really tough. Oh, fuck. Um but but once you hit that six month mark or even the three months, whenever you start having them sleep a little bit more, it's, it's okay. You can do it. Um, get a good, you know, just pay for a good house cleaner, get yeah. your, Hell get your yeah. groceries ordered. Hell yeah, either, girl. Even like, Hell yeah. because you, you're just going to kind of be in the thick of it for, for several months. And then there is a light at the end of the tunnel and they're, um, especially whenever you have them close together, they, um, you can, you can, I can tell from this age, three and seven months that they're already going to be great friends. And that's, that's worth every like, Oh shit. What did I do moment that I, and I had a lot of those <laughs> along the way. Oh, Oh, I know. What, like what was I thinking having the second one? Yeah. So I want to ask you this as a mom, cause you sound like somebody I relate to, um, as a mommy paradigm. Did you have like severe mommy guilt going back to work? I did with my first one for sure. A lot. Um, I, I went back to work after uh, three months, and um, uh, my oldest was in daycare, and I dropped him off the first day, you know, hysterically crying all the way to work, and 
um, just really, you know, working out the financials every sort of way to try to get, find a way that I could get out of working, you know, um, coming up with crazy ideas. Like I thought, oh, I'm going to work in a bakery and I'm going to work, um, you know, 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then my husband can go to work and I'll stay home with the kids, you know, trying all these crazy ideas to try to stay home with them in a panic because I missed them so much and I mm. felt so much guilt. But, um, but seeing, uh, seeing him grow older and, um, in that environment, just him being well cared for and, um, seeing the, the benefits that I got from working, um, not only for like my own personal happiness, but also, you know, financially we live a better life because I work also, um, that's that's just the way it is in this culture that we live in. Um, and I, I no longer, with the second one, I no longer think of 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 uh, my son's being a daycare as um, a necessary evil. I look at it more as like a benefit that I I'm able to afford them going to a, a nice daycare where they're cared for and truly takes, you know, it takes a village to raise kids. I truly believe that I would not be as good of a mom being at home with them. Um, So it was much different with the second one. With the second one, I raced in the daycare that first day. (laughs) I happily handed him off. Here you go. And I ran to work. (laughs) Here you go. Oh, that's hilarious. Maybe it's that first one because you saw your first one grow and become normal and healthy and happy, right? I'm assuming. So you're like, this is okay. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to scar or traumatize my, my child. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, because I felt... I yeah, felt and it, like, was, it was a rough road. He was sick all the time that aww. first year, all the time, just constant sickness. And um, he had his first cold when he was five weeks old. Oh. It, was, it was just, oh. it was heart-wrenching. Oh. Um, luckily, my second one is so sturdy and held. I don't know what it is about him, but he is, like, hasn't been sick very, very healthy and strong. So it's great. Um, you know, it, it works out. <laughs> That's great. I know I had like, um, nanny guilt. I was like, Oh my God, how much time are they spending? Is Ella spending with this, this woman? And like, I would count the hours. Like, is this too much time with a stranger <laughs> yeah. and all? And you're like, Oh boy. But now I see he's fine and he's, he's good. We're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, I had like, Oh yeah. But you can't dude. Like I'm in, I mean, there've been days where I have, been alone and I'm alone with him like my husband goes on the road and I am a single parent so I don't have family I have nobody yeah and we have to hire somebody yeah because I cannot do it alone some women can I can I it's just too much but yeah it's such a mind fuck dude but I see he's fine he's fine he's doing good he's a healthy boy so yeah no I mean I've done that math before when I'm like (laughs) okay so it but before I before I changed my job, they were in daycare. For, like my son was in daycare for ten, eleven hours. So I would do that math. You know, Monday through Friday, how off, how how many hours am I seeing him? And he would yeah. go to bed sometimes at six or seven o'clock at night. I wouldn't see him at all. Oh. And um, and oh. it, but it, it truly is. It truly is quality over quantity, I think. Yeah. And I know that if he was home with me, it wouldn't be quality 
it no. wouldn't be 10 quality hours no. with mom, you know, just no. intensive momming. No. No, and that's the trade-off. And I and I look, and, and for everyone it's different. Some women can do it and they're great at it and that and they're happier than shit and it's perfect. It's a fit. But for some other women, you know, I'm doing it through gritted teeth if I'm doing it 24/7. There's I don't know. I don't know that anyone can do it 24/7. Um it's really really mm-hmm. challenging. That is really fucking that's a lot to ask of a human being. God bless stay-at-home moms too. Like I don't know how how Oh yeah, Ooh, that is hard. Yeah, that is the hardest. Uh, yeah, I, w- I went that. from feeling a lot of animosity to them to like actually like being grateful that there's women out there that can do it because they're taking care of my kids. Right. Well, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's like I respect them. Like anyone who is good with being around babies all day, I love it. Yeah, that I mean hardest. I mean, they say hardest job in the world. I don't know if that's true, but it's yeah. a very hard job. So I, yeah, I commend them. That's what I was saying. I don't know if it's like people say, oh, it's the hardest job. Like, well, you know, there's jobs that are, you know, harder in terms of. <laughs> I think Bill Burr has a bit about this, yeah. like coal mining. That's fucking hard. I think it's challenging emotionally, yeah. uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually. It it taps into different parts of you uh, being a parent 24 7 that's fucking it's unbelievably hard but that that whole village thing is true man you're right if it's just you all the time you're gonna be crazy you're gonna be you're gonna be miserable and i read some statistic that like 25 percent of stay-at-home moms are really resentful and and angry and stuff and and that's what you see like on facebook i i watch these videos they're like i'm a stay-at-home mom I haven't showered in four days. Uh, I'm I'm haggard and angry. I'm like, well, yeah, it's a really, really tough gig. It's a fucking tough gig. Oh, damn. Yeah. Anyway, you do what works for you. That's the point. Uh, Get your life however you want the life. There's, there's no judgment, man. Just do it. Do what you got to do to survive and get that kid up and and moving and in the world. Right. Right. Fuck. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much, uh, Beth, for talking to me. I I so appreciate. It. I'm so glad we finally we got to talk together. I feel like we know each other through email. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I I'll just say this once. It's like a complete trip to actually talk to you on the phone because oh. I I listen to you all the time and oh good I'm. I'm really happy that I got to do this. Oh man, well I'm I'm so um I'm so thrilled that you listened to me and I'm I'm so uh thankful that you got to do this call with me you're awesome and uh, will you keep emailing me and let me know how life is and and how things change if they do for you <laughs> uh, sure of course I will okay and uh, let me know are you gonna do baby number three <clears throat> No, I uh, <laughs> I got the tubes tied, so there will be no. <laughs> ah, That's smart. the beauty of a scheduled C-section. <laughs> smart girl, smart girl. Dude, I had a yeah. scheduled C-section. So no more. No, no, no. Did I tell you, I, well, I scheduled mine, and then I went into labor the day of. Can you fucking believe that? Oh, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, horrible. I was so afraid that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can. It can, and it does. All right. Well, um, thank you, Beth, yeah. and, and um, thank you for looking at all of our pap smears with HPV um, on them, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and good luck. Take care. Thank all right, you. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Mommy. All right. You too. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.
Oh, I cut her off. Anyway, that's Beth from Pittsburgh. I hope you enjoyed our discussion about uh, motherhood. Email me. That's zeropodcast at gmail.com. I expect some emails after that episode. We shall see. Um, Yeah, interesting shit, right? It's challenging. Look, at the end of the day, I feel like you have to say this, like throwing salt over your shoulder. I do love my son. I love being a mom. I think it is one of the coolest things I've ever done. It is the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, Just like to explore feelings that uh, are not not allowed to be discussed in society for whatever ridiculous reason. Um, I I don't know why. I have no idea why you can't say that you don't like everything all the time. Wait, yeah, you don't like everything all the time. Okay. Anyways, for now, that's been Deep Bro. Thank you for listening. Join me again next week and um, have a great week and stay deep, bros. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with. Philosophize with. Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's deep, bro it is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. Who's it with? Uh, it's a mom. Uh, oh, on, but uh, through Skype or what? Skype. So what's the number to call? Or can you call Her me? number? I can call you right now oh, to test that. it. Yeah. And then talk for like two minutes. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I want to get out of the room. So. How do I fucking call something? I feel like I'm a thousand years old when I try to figure out how to call people. There? This. Yeah. There you go. What's our landline? And a meow meow to you. Double meow. Meow and the meows. Here we go. Calling. Oh my god, I thought that was the phone ringing. Hello. Hello. Hello, who is this? Hi, this is uh, General Fartsicles. General Fartsicles. Um, why'd you call me? Um, I wanted to talk about this. Is They said this is the number to, to call for uh, if you want to fuck a mom. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm into. <laughs> uh, that's not exactly this line, um, but oh, is it the stepmom line? I want the real. No, moms. this is that's deep, bro. This is a this is an actual episode about moms and motherhood. Do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, like uh, they know how to fuck, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm down with that. Uh huh. I feel like you know, the bigger the tits on the mom, the better a mom she's going to be. You know. Hmm. Okay. Thanks a lot for your call and your... Oh, I just got a fucking email. Thanks a lot for your call. Is there anything else you'd like to add to the That's Deep Bro audience? Is there anything you'd like to say? Um, 
I would say um, I think that, that they should uh, send you more stuff for your tits because they're so big. And uh, I guess mm-hmm. that's it. Well, thanks a lot for your uh, your call. What was your name, caller? My name is uh, I like big tits. <laughs> okay. Thank you for your for your input, sir. Sure. Uh, keep keep your tits big. Okay. Don't call back. Thank you. Bye.